You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Multi-actor monologues, working bees, and true theater of the community. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Chandler, and you're listening to Your Program is Your Ticket, a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. Yes, Your Program is Your Ticket is back after a bit of a hiatus. Around September of last year, my husband David and I made the decision to move from New York City back to our home state of California. While we miss New York and all that it has to offer, we have commitments from our dear ones in California and wanted to be here to be present for those. My guest today is James Bell, business manager for the Pump House Theater, located in Auckland, New Zealand. The Pump House operates as a program venue for hire in the performing arts. It presents a diverse range of theater from plays, musicals, dance, traditional outdoor summer Shakespeare, stand-up comedy and concerts, to psychic mediums, book launches, poetry, and play readings. It's a lot. Wow. Very cool. James is a part of my new Theater is for the World series, where I'm extending my Theater is for Everyone message to various theaters on our big blue marble. Give them a chance to be heard, talk about their missions, work selections, production processes, triumphs, challenges, and misconceptions. Keep in mind that our interviews are recorded at different times to optimize schedules, just in case the audio sounds different. Also, we'll be picking up signals from around the world, just in case you hear a glitch or two. I'm super excited, so let's bring them on. Hi, James, and welcome to Your Program is Your Ticket. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being on the show. Um, thank you for being the inaugural show of my new series, Theater is for the World. Um, which is elaborating on my theater is for everyone uh, sort of message that I have. And um, it's, it's great um, to have uh, the first episode be from New Zealand. Yeah. Super exciting. Um, let's start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us about your role with the Pump House Theater. Uh yeah, so, so my name's James Bell. I'm the business manager at the Pump House Theatre. That's my sort of official title. Um, I've been there for eight and a half years, becoming up to nine years in, in May, wow. um, which followed on from I've worked in the IT industry, I've worked for the government, and somehow ended up working for a theatre. Um, which uh, surprisingly uses all the skills I've learned and, and all the other uh, uh, jobs that I've done as well. Um, yeah, I, and out, outside of work, I have a background producing and 
directing theatre. Um, again, I, I started uh, doing technical things of lighting and sound as a, a teenager um, and then sort of moved into uh, the production side of things, producing, being on theatre committees and um, and then more recently directing, uh, which is something I really enjoy. Very cool. Do you do any acting as well? Uh, I, I'm really good at spotting what my talents are and being on stage and remembering lines is definitely not one of my talents. Uh, I, I did appear once in a show. Um, the, the director decided that as I was the stage manager, I could pop in and say one line and take something off stage. I'm not sure that I ever got the line correct. It was just one line. Um, but I think, yeah, when I stand on stage and, and, and the lights, I sort of uh, freeze up. So, no, I am definitely a behind-the-scenes-in-the-shadows sort of person. Do you remember the line? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to be fair, it was a it was a, a person wrapped up in a package, sort of like a, a dead body wrapped up in a package. So it was it was quite a lot to deal with, and I had to wheel them off and, you know, not drop them and, you know... Oh yeah, what's going on? Well, I think um, I'm I'm a writer as well, and um, I I've taken a couple of acting classes, and it's good to sort of have that experience to know what you're ask, asking actors to do. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I mean, these actors up on the stage are like they're having to remember lines and blocking and props, and and I mean, there's just so much that goes into the the periphery of all of it and it all sort of has to alchemize if that's a word it's like an alchemy kind of thing and 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 come together in unison um so it's probably good to to do a little bit uh, of yeah it. it's good to have a go yeah uh, absolutely um okay please tell us about the pump house theater uh what is the mission of the company or the overall goal so the Pump House Theatre is a, really we're a performing arts venue. Um, so uh, I can go back into some history of the Pump House. That might be helpful. Sure. Um, so we're based on a lake. Uh, it's uh, Lake Pipoki, which is a freshwater lake in, in Auckland here. Uh, it was formed many thousands of years ago by two volcanic eruptions. So it's actually the crater of, of a volcano. It's filled with water and it's very nice. Um, back in the early 1900s, uh, there was no fresh water source for the local residents. And so they built this water pumping station, uh, steam-powered um, water pumping station on the banks of the, the lake um, in what is now the Pump House Theatre. So the, the building that we are in is, is sort of over 100, must be getting up to 130 years old now, which for context in New Zealand is quite old. Um, it, it's always interesting going overseas and seeing sort of buildings that are a thousand years old and you know we think that a hundred years old is old. Um, so this, this building sort of uh, you know eventually in the sort of 20s the, the water pumping station um, was uh, decommissioned and, and moved away uh, and so the building sort of sat derelict for a while and it was going to be demolished and the land sold off but some local um, arts enthusiasts, uh, including a woman who'd been over to the United States and seen other conversions of old buildings into art centres, uh, had this idea to convert the pump house into an art centre. 
And so they lobbied the, the local council, the, the local um, government, and said, you know, let us look after it. We'll, we'll do it up and, and run it as an art centre. Uh, just don't demolish it. And so um, that was eventually what was decided. And that was in 1969. Um, and so this group basically fundraised with, with bake sales and, and uh, had weekend working bees and, uh, you know, everything that needed to be done, they did it. And in 1977, the Pump House opened as a community arts venue for the performing arts. Uh, and at that time, it had a small art gallery um, as well. Uh, and really, the, the, the focus of it at the time was to provide a local space in the community for anyone who wanted to, to perform. You, you didn't have to be a professional or, or anything like that or belong to a particular company. If you had a show you wanted to do, you could come along to the pump house and put it on. And that's really the um, philosophy that we, we continue with today. Um, we, we try and program a little bit, and maybe we can talk about that later on. But we uh, basically, if we've got space in the calendar and if, if you've got the funding to cover the, the venue rental costs, we'll, we'll try and find you a, a time when you can come and perform your show. And that could be anything from, from Shakespeare, which is what we've got uh, starting at the moment, right through to slam poetry. Um, we, we tend to attract sort of smaller acoustic musician type things, um, you know, uh, improv, stand-up comedy in Mandarin, anything you can think of uh, we'll, uh, we'll take. Um, and one of my, you know, every so often we'll, we'll get one of our... Uh, more senior patrons will say, oh, that was awful. I'm never coming back if you're going to show things like that. And what I, you know, great pride in me, I'm saying, great, come back next week. We'll have something entirely different. Hmm. Um, and I think that's that's really the focus. So we're, we're just trying to continue. And again, really proud of the fact we, we opened our doors in May 1977. And we've worked continuously and been open continuously through then, despite all sorts of, you know, funding challenges and, and uh, well, you know, the 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 C thing that happened over the last two years, which we try not to talk about anymore, um, you know, we've still managed to survive and thrive. That's that's excellent. And okay, I have a comment, and then I have a really small question for you. Uh, first of all, I'm looking at your website, and this property is beautiful. I mean, there's this gorgeous shot of the body of water, and there's like a pier and these two very, very like pristine, just beautifully taken care of buildings. I can't believe that anybody would would want to, I don't know, get rid of it. I mean, it's it's you know, kudos know. To, yeah. kudos to the lady who who came out and said, Hey, look, let's, you know, let's not do that. Let's take a breath and see if we can't find another uh, use for these buildings. It's, 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 it's just such a beautiful um, structure and, and property. Now, my question is this, what is a working bee? Oh, right. Um, yeah, I, I thought this might be a problem. I I've, I've, have some American friends and sometimes I say things and they look at me like I'm um, mad. Um, uh, what's a... Uh, Basically, everyone comes together over the weekend and they work on a, like a maintenance project, like it might be uh, 
you know, replacing the roof or, or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know what I, maybe there isn't a, it's a, yeah, sort of a community uh, construction, community sort of clean, tidy up, that kind of thing. You know, we um, could use a few working bees out here in, in America. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and, and, I, and I believe for the most part that, um, that we, we have them here and there. I mean, my, my husband, who's been involved in smaller theaters, has, has participated in those. Um, or there's more of like a delegation of jobs that are ongoing, things like that. Yeah. You know, somebody who's working the box office or cleaning the restrooms or something like that. That's, that's, that's how it goes. I mean, you really have to yeah. sort of share, um, I don't want to say the burden, but share the responsibility of taking care of things. I mean, you don't, you don't just walk into a theater and put on costumes and everything is wonderful. There's so much peripheral stuff that, that goes on around all of that. And I, I don't, I think, you know, the average theater goer maybe probably doesn't necessarily um, No, they, they just, they, they come in, they sit down, they see actors on stage and everything has just happened magically to them. And that's sort of the way it should be. In a way. Yeah. I think one of the nice things about the pump house is we regularly get people who sort of pop in and they you know, they've got visitors over from, from wherever and, and they're showing them around. And these might be people who are now in their, their forties and fifties who as children with their parents used to come to those working bees and, and those sort of um, do that work and say, so, and all, you know, they'll come with their, their 80 year old, mum and oh well i remember chipping the concrete off those bricks and i <laughs> i painted those beams and there's a real sense of ownership and pride in those people who who help to save and restore the building and get it up and running and there's uh there's certainly no um no shortage of those people who keep an eye on things and are definitely not afraid to pop in and tell us quite robustly if they think we're doing the right thing or not yeah. um but I think having that level of engagement and that affection within the community for something they've created is really good. And it does help us, uh, you know, keep on track and make sure that we're accommodating um, as many aspects of the community as we can. That's great. So it feels like the community has uh, almost a sense of ownership over, over the theater company. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Very much so. So the, so we, it's got a key way that we operate is we rent the space to people to come and perform. So we don't produce the shows ourselves. We, uh, our role is to host other producers who come in and use the space, but it's quite interesting. And talking to all of those producers and the teams that they bring in, they all feel like it's their home and it's the space that it's, it's a space they own for want of a better word or, or it's their home base. Um, and it was, I mean, I used to feel that same way as well when I was involved in shows at the pump house before I worked there. Um, and, you know, we knew other things happened, but really it was, it was where we were based and everyone feels that way. And it's quite interesting to have the sort of stream of 40 or 50 hirers who, who come through each year, all telling me that this, this feels like their home and this is, uh, you know, 
um, a space which is, is for them. So that's really good, again, to have that level of affection and engagement from the people who are able to use the space to present their, their stories and their shows. It sounds like in addition to, to utilizing the space, they probably attend a lot of the productions and other um, uh, events that you have going on at the theater as well, right? Yeah, we, we do get a, a big crossover. Um, and we, essentially, we have a nice sort of mix of uh, producers who come through and, and present things so that we'll have people who are, you know, we've got a particular group, Timbre Theatre Company, who concentrate on shows for children and sort of trying to inspire the, the next generation of theatre lovers. Um, and then, and off, very often, they'll come along with their grandparents uh, because the grandparents have been to see a show by Tadpole Productions who tend to focus on a bit more of that sort of, uh, you know, traditional community theatre, sort of um, the farce or, or, or that kind of thing. And so the grandparents love theatre, they bring the grandkids to inspire them. And so it's a real little, it, it's really um, helps to build those family connections as, and, and just that love of theatre throughout the age groups as well. That's great. That really espouses the concept of theater being for everyone. When I say that, I mean like everyone to, to see it, to love it, to perform it, to sponsor it, to um, all, all aspects and to have a community around you that really just partakes in all of those different ways and helps is just, it is so inspiring to hear that. Um, Let's talk about your projects, the projects that come to you. Is there a, um, is there a selection process? Do you, do you vet the pieces that people are proposing for the, the various uh, stages and performance areas? Or is it pretty much like, if you bring it, we will, and you've got the money, then we will go ahead and, and, and do it. Yeah, so it's, it is closer to if you want to do it, we'll find a way. Um, we don't. We certainly don't vet people. In fact, we've had people come perform at our space where other venues have said, "I'll go and do it somewhere else, and if we like it, then you can come here and do it." Um, which, you know, I, I think is a bit rude, but uh, to to some extent as well, I think it's a success for us that if people come and put something on at the pump house and they grow an audience and they they get popular or too big for our space because we only got 190 seats which is you know fairly small um compared to some theaters um and they, they're able to grow and progress that's a success for us i mean they they're people who perhaps wouldn't have had that opportunity to to grow otherwise um so we tend to work on a uh well Historically, we've worked on a first-come, first-served basis. So you ring up and you're looking for some dates. If those dates are free in the calendar, they're all yours. Um, what we found with, with COVID was we had a lot of cancellations. And what we did for, for our producers during COVID when we were in uh, lockdown is we allowed people to transfer their dates to another time uh, in the year. So we didn't... Uh, um, we didn't keep their deposits or anything like that. We just booked them in at a, at a later date. Um, but of course, that meant that not only did we fill up the calendar with <clears throat> new people wanting to book, uh, but also with people who had booked already for the last couple of years and, and sort of really struggled. And we're still, um, at the end of last year, still presenting 
In fact, we've got something coming up at the end of February this year, uh, which I think is the, the third try they've had at it. Uh, might even be the fourth uh, by the time they got their funding sorted out at, at actually during the show because of these delays with, with COVID. And so that's, we've tried to move our process to a little bit more um, of expressions of interest. And then once we've got everyone's interest as to who wants to um, do a show, we'll then try and fit as many people in as, as we can. Um, and it's that's allowed us to be a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say selective, but to try and prioritise some underrepresented groups or art forms that are perhaps not as represented um, in our programme as they might otherwise be. Um, who may miss out just because they're not organised enough or because, you know, they have to wait for funding to come through before they can ring and book a venue compared to other groups who maybe have a steady source of funding um, so they can get in early. So, yeah, we're hoping that the expression of interest process is going to level the playing field a little bit and, and allow us to continue to expand the diversity of what we, we present. That's excellent. Yeah, a lot of people sort of had a backlog of commitments that they either if it's their own company that they still need to get up on stage or um, if it's, you know, other promises to other people and uh, lots of things had to be shifted around for COVID. It was something that the theater world, I don't think uh, was ready for at all. It was, you know, it was just, it was horrible. Um, I have a whole series uh, called Act Two Places about, interviewing a lot of different theaters um, from America, from um, um, London, from Ireland, from um, um, Tel Aviv. I mean, just all over the world and how they they handled it. If anybody wants to go back and, and listen to that, it's actually won four awards. So, all right, enough of bragging about myself. Um, and now I see that you have, you have three different theaters. You have the Genevieve, Becroft, am I saying that right? Or Beecroft? Uh, we tend to emphasize the B, so Beecroft. Beecroft, okay. And Auditorium, uh, you have the Coal Bunker Studio, and you also have an outdoor am amphitheater. Um, I want to ask a question, and then I would really like for you to talk a little bit about each one. But my question is, since we're on COVID, and then I promise no more, I promise no more. I know it's like the C word you said that cannot speak yeah. its name. Um, with your outdoor amphitheater, did you did that become a little more popular as COVID regulation started easing up a little bit? I know a lot of people went to outdoor, um, and a lot of people were really lucky that they had this kind of a venue, but they could switch their their productions to. Now, granted, there was still masking and things like that, but it was uh, supposedly a lot safer. Did that become uh, a, a big asset during that time? Um, I wouldn't. Uh... It did get more use, yes. It wasn't hugely more popular only because um, it's uncovered. So it, there's an, an amount of risk with the weather um, that really only gets heavily used at that sort of in our summer. So now um, we're, we're just at the moment preparing for our uh, Auckland Shakespeare in the Park season. So that's going to open on Saturday, our time. Excellent. Uh, tomorrow. Um, but yes, we did see more people interested in using it. We could space people out. I think it, it, we once we spaced out all the seats, we could fit probably 250 people in there. Um, but 
because of the capacity limits that the government had put in place, um, with all the spacing, we could only really fit the, the 100 max, but it did offer us mm-hmm. an opportunity to, to sort of say, well, actually, we do have a space, you can come and do things, and we can be outdoors. And wow. Safe. That's that's a big plus. A lot of people just went to, yeah. like, in in America, a lot of people just went to regular parks and and you know uh just uh, people really had to get creative um now i know that you have a, a program called the monologue collab program mm-hmm. um now did, did i got the i got the hint or the gist of it that that actually went um virtual as a program for people to sort of keep up their skills and 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 sort of stay in the headspace of theater Talk about that. Yeah, so well, that's that was that actually came out of the, the first um, lockdown that our um, country went into. Um, because we're not a producing theatre, we don't have actors who are attached to us. We we couldn't move our production online or, or anything like that. Um, so we uh, thought we'd, we'd try this. We'd reach out to the community, see if people wanted to. Uh, collaborate on something and and I suppose unsurprisingly it was very popular Um, so you know everyone involved is a uh, an actor or and somehow associated with the pump house community it may be that they're actors or that their their partners are actors and they wanted to do something and it was a way that we could encourage people to stay creative while they were you know perhaps by themselves or, or you know um living with uh, with housemates uh, rather than coming out to the theatre and performing. And so everyone was assigned like a line or a couple of lines from uh, a monologue and uh, they filmed it and we collated them together and published them. And uh, it was it was really popular. So that's something we've done, well, through both uh, lockdowns in New Zealand now, we've, we've done that. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's always interesting to see how creative people uh, are and, and what we get because we, we don't give them any direction or anything like that. So you interpret, you know, we, we tend to choose monologues that are fairly well known and that people will be familiar with. Uh, we say you choose how you present it and we mash it all together and uh, create something great. So that's, that's really interesting. So it's not just like an actor going on camera and doing like a, a monologue start to finish you sort of chop up the monologues and and so like eight ten actors will be doing one specific monologue yeah i think each one off the top of my head i think we had at least 10 actors involved in each one um and they're still on our website they're all hosted on youtube so you can you can go watch them all and uh, see all the sort of crazy creative things people came up with wow Okay, I've never heard of it be of like a a virtual project being presented like that. I mean, I've had there have been monologue series, uh, there have been uh, plays and readings and stuff on on um, uh, on on virtual, particularly COVID based programs, but I've never heard of it like that. That's really cool. I I yeah, I love that. Who thought of that? Was that you? Um- I don't think I can claim credit for it. I think our, our marketing and box office uh, manager, Meg Andrews, uh, and our um, community engagement person, uh, Mags Delaney, both came up with uh, ways of moving our our 
what we do online and, and engaging people while they were only able to engage online. So our creative talks program, which we can talk about later as well, also moved online with Mags doing the interviews in a Zoom session, much like we are today, um, rather than in person. And so between the two of them, they sort of worked on, uh, Meg sort of took the lead on the monologues. Um, she's an actor and director as well as working for us. Um, and Mags took the lead on the sort of the creative talks and seminar side of things. Um, and so, yeah, we that was one of the, the things we sort of brainstormed as a team about how we can stay engaged and connected and remind people that the pump house is still there, even if you can't come and see us. Now, is this the same Meg Andrews who was an intern and wrote a really lovely sort of leather, letter on your website? Am I getting that right? Uh, so I think Meg posted that. So the uh, intern, uh, most recent intern uh, leader from Germany, she, she wrote a, a nice farewell letter, but I think Meg posted that. But yes, so Meg's worked for us for a couple of years now. Oh, wow. Um, looks after our box office and the promotion that we do to um, assist our producers in getting the word out about their shows. Wow. So it's the same person? Yeah. So cool. we one of the things that I think is, is beneficial for us is we, most of the people who work for us are creative in, in some way as well. Um, they might be directors, producers, stage managers, uh, actors, writers, uh, whatever they, they have that, um, uh, interest in, in theater and passion for theater. And we kind of, we can offer them employment, you know, a day job at a theater, which is always a, a great thing. Um, that day job might not be terribly creative, but it allows them to kind of feed off everyone's energy and involvement and be inspired. And, and then, you know, when we need to be creative, then we've got some people with those skills on, on the team and we can sit down and say, right, this is, this is the challenge. How can we overcome it? And, you know, we pull together all those great skills that creative people have that, you know, are hard to define on a resume, but, you know, you can sit down and give theatre people a problem and they'll solve it. Oh, absolutely. And I think when there is a problem, I've said this many times, when there's a problem or uh, what feels like an impossibility uh, presented to theatre people is when they become their most, like, genius creative, in my opinion. They have to think, I, I hate this phrase because it's overused, but they have to think out of the box um, mm. and they have to get really super creative. And all of a sudden you're watching this production and there's this like genius idea to get a, a, a point across on stage. And it's, I think that that's what I found. And that's what I found in all the theater, a lot of the theater that I've seen. Um, would you agree with that? I absolutely. I, I think it's, we, we see it every every day because every new producer comes with their own challenges or they, you know, they turn up and just and, and figure out we don't have as much space as we thought. And so they have to kind of re, re imagine their, their set um, or, or lighting or, or whatever, you know, we're, it's one of the big things we do is to help people problem solve uh, around what they want to do versus what they can do within the space and the budget that they've got. Wow, that's that's great, and I love that there are sort of um, that you just mentioned, uh, like almost like gateway positions into the creative teams. You know, show up and let's you know you might have to sell tickets with this particular yeah. thing, but let's sort of 
get the vibe and see if we're vibing together. And if you, this is something that's, that's of interest to you. It reminds me of um, uh, Ruth Gordon. Uh, she had this quote from, I don't know, I, I read it on IMDb, I'm sure, but she basically said that she went to a theater company and uh, she said, I just stayed there and I did anything. I did anything and I did everything. Obviously, this is not verbatim. And I figured if I stayed there long enough, they'd eventually give me a part. And they did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's cool. sort of what we did with our, our intern, Lena. So she was with us in, from October to Christmas in 2022. And we didn't really have a role for her. We've had interns come before, but we said, well, you can be reception, you can answer the phones or you can work in the box office or, or whatever. We didn't really have a role for Lena. So what we said to her was, look, come along. We will find you things to do. We'll roster you into box office yeah. when we need you. We will offer you to uh, the various producers coming in if they need a spare pair of hands or someone to take photos or someone oh. to help out backstage or, or whatever. Um, and or if you know we've got flyers and and you know someone wants us to take flyers out around the local shops to put in windows. You know, if, as things come in, we'll offer them to you. If you're available and interested, you can do them. And I think that worked really well. She sort of really threw herself into everything, um, which, I mean, it, it still staggers me. She came from a very small town in, uh, in Bavaria in Germany and no theatre, about 300 people living there. And she flew to the other side of the world and, and within a couple of weeks, she's out walking through the streets, going in and asking, hey, can we put a poster up for this show in your window? Um, I think that's I think that's incredibly brave and and uh, but again it's it's theatre right I mean that's you just got to jump in and give it a go and you know I, I dare say she enjoys some things and not others um, but I think she had a really good time experiencing what it can be to work in a in a theatre. That's that's outstanding and oftentimes when people are, are in those positions, it's like. Uh, they find they find their tribe. They find uh, they find that this group of people who are interested in theater just like them, and uh, it can be it can just open up so much in your brain, honestly. Because mm -hmm. I'm I come from a family that you know I I love theater obviously, and I have a family who who likes theater. They see what I produce sometimes, and um, but they have none of them are actually, well, one of them is, but are really like theater people, if you will, you know, per se. So you get somebody who is from a family like that, who goes into a theater, always had it in them. And you just, it, they just, it's great. It's, it's, it's miraculous in my opinion. So kudos to you guys for doing that and, yeah, and helping, helping that along. That's, that's amazing. Um, Tell us about the various production processes that you experienced, because it seems like so varied with everything that you have going on at the facility. Yeah, so we have um, a variety of uh, producing right. production companies that come through. Some of them are, basically, well, they are professional theatre companies. They, they have, they're well-funded, they're you know, employ people on a on a full time or contract basis to do the various production roles. You know, stage management and and marketing and production management and so on. Um, for them, our role is is to make sure everything works and is clean and tidy and basically get out of their way and let them do their thing. 
um, and sort of work in a way that where we're supporting them. I mean, very often I, I describe our, our role as as the host or, or the, the the venue management as being a bit like Batman. We sort of hide in the shadows, keeping an eye on things. If there's a crisis or a problem, we appear, we solve it, and then we just, you know, slink back into the shadows again until the next time. Um, so that's very much what we do with the, the professional companies and, and some of the more community theatre-based companies where, uh, you know, everyone's a volunteer and no one's getting, getting paid for their efforts. But their experience, so they've done this for 20, 30, 40 years and, and they know what they're doing. And again, we can just lead them to it. Then there are others who, um, they've got an idea. Uh, there's, there's something that they want to try. I don't really know what it means to put on a show, but they've got a script or they've got a plan or uh, or something like that. And that's where we get a little bit more uh, sort of as a coach or a, or a mentor and whether that's with marketing and promotion or ticketing or health and safety or, or any or, you know technical side of things. And that's where we'll try and put in some um, assistance around that to get them over the line. Sometimes it's to get them to the point where they actually go on stage. Um, sometimes it's just helping around the specifics. So, you know, I've got a show. I know how to put on a show. I really don't know how to promote it. So can we have some help with that? And so we've got some resources and some expertise within our staff around how to promote a show or how to write a health and safety plan or something like that. And we can kind of pick and, and match where we need to do that. Um, and everyone's sort of on that spectrum, really, from one end to the other. Uh, some of our hirers, they're just there for one day. Um, they might be a musician or, or something like that or a stand-up comedian. And really, we just put on staff. We, we have, uh, you know, a venue supervisor who, you know, looks after health and safety and makes sure everyone's okay. We have our rushes. We have our, um, our technical staff who come in. And the person stands on stage and does their thing, and we make sure it just goes smoothly. Um, so that's sort of probably the most um, hands-on approach that we take right uh, through to here's key, here's an alarm code, we've checked your health and safety plan, off you go, let us know if there are any problems. Wow, impressive. That's It's amazing what being around for 100 years plus will do for your systems, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it helps it doesn't it though it's that time to develop no that's that's great and it's so nice that you have you know you can offer up those uh, various resources i remember when david and i put our uh play at the flash on for reading we went to a facility like yours and we had to talk to management about finding us a stage manager and you know a lighting person and all that just for like a sort of a um, uh, like a showcase performance and without those resources we would have been lost so as somebody who does occasionally produce their own theater that is such a huge plus you know I probably don't have to yeah. tell you that but I'm just saying it, it, it's, <laughs> no. it's so helpful it gives us some flexibility around um uh, how much it costs people to put something on as well. So mm -hmm. we, we operate a, a process whereby if you you can bring in your own team to do the ushering and the sort of the front of house, we'll provide you with the health and safety briefing and, you know, the instructions and where all the, you know, torches are and everything. But you can bring in your own people to do that if you want to. Or we will bring in our staff, but you will need to pay for our staff's time. And so 
we offer sort of a base level and then if you want extra support on top of that in terms of a technical person or a stage manager we can arrange it but it increases the price or you can bring in your own person and then you don't have to pay us you can pay them or maybe they'll volunteer or whatever um we just keep an eye on things to make sure that people are operating safely that they're following the rules um health and safety is um a big thing um for so new zealand went through a big health and safety review um a few years ago now and it's made it slightly more challenging in sort of areas where there are volunteers involved who are sort of covered by the health and safety legislation but also sort of not um and so we we took the view that we would you know regardless of whether you're a volunteer or a paid person if you fall off our catwalk it's going to hurt so everyone should follow the same health and safety rules regardless of their employment status oh yeah absolutely and it's even gotten more more so heightened uh you know with COVID-19 I said I wasn't going to say it again and (laughs) I'm sorry I promise that's the last time that you bring it honestly it's just it's just part of of work now because even even the shows that are on now the there's still the issue. So in New Zealand, if you contract COVID-19, you have to um, isolate at home for seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're the lead in a play or, or not even the lead in a play, because um, again, a, a lot of our volunteer um, productions, that you know, they don't have understudies or, or anything like that. Um, so that can put the play in jeopardy. Um, and the government has put in place uh, some funding support. So if the lead in your, well, you have to apply before the event. Um, but if the lead of your play is, is unable to perform because of COVID, you can claim some um, uh, to pay for costs that you can't recover. But it's still a big risk and, and you know, still a concern for a lot. So I think it's going to be with us for a bit, a bit longer. Um, we, we're still encouraging people to, to wear masks. Um, they're not legally required to, but it's, uh, you know, we sit people in what is a relatively small room for three hours at a time. Um, and, it, uh, you know, the audience can be 50% over 65. Um, you know, maybe it's an idea to wear a mask if you think that helps. But, uh, yeah, it, it's been interesting to navigate. And, uh, yeah, I don't see it. It's, it's just going to be part of life for at least another couple of years, I think, for us anyway, I think. Um, you know, other businesses are there's probably less so, but for what we do, yeah. Yeah, there's an intimacy to to theater that um, I think really lends itself to being a lot more cautious um, mm-hmm. just because people are, you know, dressing you and in your face and doing your makeup and and kissing and, and all of that. So <clears throat> it's... Yeah, um, I think... Yeah, it, please yeah one of the shows I'm involved with at the moment, we've... You know, just simple things like sharing makeup is something that, you know, we can't really do that anymore. Everyone needs their own little sort of, you know, thing of foundation. We can't really share makeup brushes or makeup or anything like that. We probably never should have done in the first place, if we're being honest. It's all all a bit weird, but um, it it helps, I suppose, to put in place those processes to make things slightly more um, hygienic. Wow, that's I, I had not heard of the 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 makeup aspect that's a really really interesting thing and i i'd never again i've never heard that with all the people that i've interviewed that's that's actually and that's i mean you say it, and it's like well 
well, yeah, of course, but it's the, those little details that I'm glad you're sharing because, you know, maybe somebody doesn't realize that and they're listening to this show and mm. they're thinking, you know, maybe we should um, be like New Zealand and not share makeup, <laughs> which again, I think is probably a good rule of thumb anyway, but I don't anyway, wear makeup, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> so, no, I mean, maybe uh, it's just, uh, just a community theater thing, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, someone will turn up with the tub of makeup that belongs to the theater, and if you need something, you take it, but who knows these days? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Now, I, I feel like I'm not sure if these are like peripheral programs that you offer or other people have come in and they're utilizing um, your space. Um, but can you tell us about your creative talks and your drama improvisation workshop? Are those yours or is somebody bringing that in? And how, how do those work? Well, it, it, it's a combination. So we have a uh, community engagement role within our organization. They're a really important part. Uh, and that's, um, well, I was going to say that's led by Mags Delaney Moffat. Uh, she's the only person in the in the department, so I guess uh, she does lead it. But um, And her job really is to create opportunities for people to engage and take part in the arts beyond sitting in a dark theatre watching other people do things on stage. Um, mm. So one of our core parts of that is our Creative Talks program, which is uh, essentially it's free talks for audiences to come and hear from creative people about what a creative life is like. Uh, sometimes that takes the form of an interview and Mags will interview the, the person and, and, you know, ask some questions. Um, sometimes they'll have a presentation or they'll be, you know, a, a talker to start with and they'll, they'll talk, but generally they talk through their creative life and how that works, how they approach creativity. Um, we've had, you know, fairly notable actors and authors, um, within New Zealand anyway, uh, come and talk. We've had, uh, uh, intimacy coordinators, directors, um, you know, you, you name it really. Um, and the the great thing is because we have a variety of speakers, we have a variety of, of uh, you know, things that come out of that. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the big, because it's about engagement, it, it's at the end of the talk, um, we invite the audience to ask questions and it, it becomes a bit more of a conversation and we sort of all have a cup of tea and a biscuit afterwards so you can sort of continue to chat. Um, and again, it's an opportunity to come and do something at the theatre when we'd otherwise be dark, so maybe on a Monday night, typically. Um, and sort of it, just get a bit of a, a more of an insight into how theatre works or, or it doesn't even have to be theatre. Many of our speakers are sort of uh, more broadly artistic. Um, so that's something that we do ourselves and, and sort of we're, we're just putting together the program for this year now. Um, the improv classes are a great example of the uh, sort of the community aspect of it. So we were approached by an um, uh, improv tutor who's visiting New Zealand from the UK. Um, I, I think he's staying with family, but he sort of saw the theatre, liked what we did and said, look, I'm here for a few weeks if you'd like me to do a couple of classes, I, you know, I don't need payment or anything, but if you've got some people who'd like to learn a bit about improv, happy to do a couple of classes. So we've um, very, very um, eagerly taken up his offer. Uh, and so we've got a couple of, uh, we've got improv for beginners and then another one the following week for people who've had a little bit of improv experience, including people who come to the beginners class to 
move on to the next step. Um, the other thing which we've just finished is our Shakespeare in a Week program, uh, which is again something that Mags runs. So, so Mags has a background as a teacher and is an absolute Shakespeare yeah. fanatic. So she takes um, young people between the ages of 12 and 18 uh, on a Monday. They are introduced to a Shakespeare play. And on Friday night, they present that Shakespeare play yeah. to their friends and family in our theatre. Um, and in the, in the meantime, they've done all the blocking. They've learned their lines. They've done all the blocking. They've created some costumes, some props, maybe some scenery. Um, and they, they do a, a show at the end of it. And that's that's really popular as well. And that's what we've what we see now is people who have done Mags's Shakespeare in a Week program are now moving on to our Auckland Shakespeare in a Park in the Park shows and they're auditioning for that and sort of um, you know involved in the, the 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 adult Shakespeare if you like. Um, so there's a pathway for for Shakespeare lovers to um, to get involved and do a bit more. And again, that's that's always been a popular one um and uh it's just it's amazing what they come up with at the end of a week a week to do a shakespeare play yeah wow <laughs> wow i in acting class i had to do a shakespeare monologue one time it took me three weeks just to memorize a monologue i it's it's um that's that's I, I would hope that people who show up for that sort of have a bit of like at least a leadership person who has like an understanding of what the the, the play is about or is it or do, do they go in and it's like okay you're doing this play are they assigned the plays or do they or do they bring the plays to the program that they want to do so Max will usually decide what play she wants to do before the we, we sort of launch the the workshop. Uh -huh. um, we tend to launch it sort of October so that we've got plenty of time for people to sign up and then it happens in the first or second week of January because uh, uh -huh. that's during the, the summer school holidays here. So it's um, uh, sort of a, a school holiday program for us. Um, and so people who come know what the play is going to be. And I, I suggest that most of the people who are involved are Shakespeare fans. They're, they're high school age. But, um, and, and there's ongoing discussions in New Zealand about how relevant Shakespeare is in the curriculum and do you still need to study it and, and that sort of thing. So some of them get the opportunity to, do Shakespeare, to, to study Shakespeare at school, uh, others don't. Um, uh, there are some who are homeschooled and so for them it's an opportunity you can engage with performing Shakespeare as opposed to learning about Shakespeare in a home environment. Um, so most of them are familiar with the play, but when they arrive on the day, they don't have their parts. They don't have the script or anything like that. So it is something that they uh, work with during the week and, and through multiple rehearsals and and so on. Um, the scripts are trimmed to accommodate size of cast and, and that sort of thing, of course. So we're not doing a full five act, much ado about nothing. Uh, but um, it is nevertheless, it, it's Shakespeare as it as it's written. That's like very, very similar to like a lot of drama camps. Um, mm. You know, you, you're doing like three or four different shows over the course of, you know, three or four weeks or however long you're there. I've, I've never been to one, but it's my understanding that they move fast and you have to be prepared. And that's great because I think that 
Um, one of the things when I'm putting on a show that I look for is uh, preparation, work habits, um, and and you know, does this person did they study their lines last night? Did they, you know, are, are did they come prepared for what 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 needed to be done that particular day of rehearsal? That as a little bit about me that affects me quite a bit. I mean, I'm the kind of person who in like auditions will sit there and write didn't show up with their sides or showed up late because you know and so so this is I, I think that a director sorry I'm, I'm a bit be scattered on this but uh, the a director that has directed one of my plays said it very very well you know you know we're not looking for the absolute most blow me away talented person uh, because there's going to be a handful of those who are really like killing the role in an audition. I'm also looking for the person that I know that I could spend six weeks with <laughs> and, yeah. and deal exactly. and you know, that I know is going to show up and, and, and be prepared and, and, and uh, have, have excellent work habits because trust me, it's backfired on, on us before. But so that's, that is great. I mean, that is so good for these students because it's teaching them a lot. And it may be like a bit of a baptism by fire by some of them, but that's the way it goes. And Absolutely. that's, that's yeah, that's what they, that, that's what and they want to do. That's, you know. Yeah. And, and some of them are not performers. I mean, Mags gets feedback from parents who are, you know, amazed at what she's been able to do you know the kids who are, are very shy and, and reserved or perhaps a little bit on the spectrum or, or something like that and then to see them after a week on stage with other people performing being a character being you know expressive uh can be quite emotional for those parents as well so again it's a way that drama and theater it's, it's not just about mm. entertainment it, it's life skills and development and, and all that sort of thing well so many of the uh, the educational people or people in education that um, that I interview say that that is just so wonderful to see. It's just just watching someone just uh, um, sort of open up in that way. Uh, it's it's like one of the biggest rewards of being uh, a theater teacher, or a theater professor. So that's 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 really cool. I'm I'm so impressed that that that's occurring there because you're developing new talent and. It's so, so helpful. Um, and, and sometimes they're, I, not to be overly dramatic, but sometimes that can save a kid's life or mm. you know, because of that, because of that connection. That they make. So that's, that's, that's so awesome. Um, tell me, what are some of the challenges facing the Pump House Theater? Uh, is there, are there certain things that you are constantly working on or is there anything right now? I mean, other than, other than the C word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I mean, the, there's two. One of them's uh, a, a probably a challenge of our own making. Um, so, for example, the Shakespeare in a Week is incredibly popular, and we get can you do it every year? Or, or sorry, can you do it every school holiday period? And unfortunately, because we're so busy as a venue, we can't. We've got people already booked in, and, and sort of the spaces. I think if you were custom building a theatre, you'd put in soundproofing and, you know, make sure there was separation of your various spaces. But because, again, one of the challenges of being a, a reclaimed building is that it's, it is what it is. Um, so we can't tend to do multiple things at once, which we could definitely do a lot more in the education space and, and, and so on if we had 
more space um, to do that and, and sort of more time in the calendar and, and better management of that. So that's something we're looking at. Um, uh, it's a difficult one because, you know, people, if they're doing a show for two weeks, they need to build a set, they need to have it on stage. We can't really let people perform on somebody else's set or use somebody else's uh, dressing room space. So um, the other big challenge for us this year is going to be around funding. So we, our operating costs are covered around about a third by our local council through their um, operating, so for our, our very local um, neighbourhood level council funding. Um, about a third come from other grants and donations and, and so on. Then a, the final third from the venue rental cost. So it's quite heavily subsidised venue rental for our community groups and, and um, non-professionals. Um, we have a new mayor in Auckland. Um, he's quite a business-friendly mayor and doesn't really see the point in libraries and the arts and that sort of thing. Uh, he's told our local community board to cut funding and that could see us lose all of our funding from the council or about a third of our funding overall. Um, now we know that our local politicians don't want to do that. They're incredibly supportive of us and all the other art centres around in our neighbourhood. Um, and they actually get really good value for money because the, the model that they've adopted some time ago is that instead of opening up their own theatre, as a council and you know for, as a public amenity they've given us money to run ours um and so for what they give us so the, the funding level they give us they could probably afford to hire one staff member hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, for something they ran themselves. So they get amazing value for money from the funding that they give us. But nevertheless, they've been told... You might need to cut that funds. And, and by the way, all the regional arts grant funding that we do, we're going to stop doing that as well. So that if that goes ahead, so this is the mayor's proposal. Um, it will be finalised and then come out for public submissions. But if that goes ahead, that could see us in either with a, a, a cut or a complete elimination of our um, operating funding from Auckland Council. And then on top of that, um, because Auckland Council owns the land and the building that we are in, um, we don't pay commercial rents or anything like that for that space. So if cost savings uh, have to be found around maintenance and buildings and so on, we could end up having to pay more for the maintenance and the ongoing cost of the building, in addition to funding cuts on the other side. So it's, it's a challenge. It's not a great way to start the year. Um, but we've been through this before. Um, and as I say, we have really um, strong support from our local neighborhood level um, representatives um, up into council. I mean, we have an event at the 
So we have two sort of um, local representatives on it, on Auckland Council for sort of Auckland as a whole in our local neighbourhood. If we have an event at the pump house, like our annual general meeting or, or an opening of something, they will usually both come, um, which is absolutely fantastic. I, I, it's not the level of support I would expect from uh, a politician, um, especially, you know, we we tend to see a lot of people come in, into those things in an election year uh, when it's good for them to be seen out and about and at, at these community events. But we will see them come along, you know, if they're free and we've got an event on, they will usually pop in and say hello. Um, so confident that we've got their support. Um, yeah, not so not so much about the mayor. Uh, we don't really see the mayor very much. Um, so that's going to be a challenge to see what happens over the next 12 months and how, how that affects our funding. Do you take donations from the public? And I yeah. mean, can people go to a yes. particular page and, and donate? Yeah, so um, on our website, um, we we can take donations online um, via our credit card or something like that, or we've got bank details as well. And that's something that we will probably have to um, publicise a little bit more, shall we say. Um, we don't get... It, it's interesting, again, we talk about challenges. One of the... There was a lot of public support around establishing the pump house theatre and starting and saving the building. Now it's up and running and it's going very well. A lot of the people who did that initial work are wanting to take a step back. They want to enjoy the theatre, but they don't want to be coming out and doing, you know, bake sales and, and um, fundraising anymore. They just want to relax and retire. Um, but because the theatre is, is so busy, and changes in sort of society as well. We don't have as many people volunteering to sort of come and run donation drives or, or go out and seek sponsorship and that sort of thing as we perhaps have in the past. Um, so it's, we find ourselves sort of a little bit of a victim of our own success really because we are uh, seen to be thriving and doing so well. Um, it, it's sort of seen that we're not as in need of um support as as maybe other causes might be and, and of course you know inflation's rife and cost of living and, and all that sort of thing going on in society as as well um we we don't want to it's difficult so i have a i worked for the government so i sort of worked in the social sector around um financial support for for people and so i'm aware of how much people struggle in the community and how important things like food banks and social services are and so i it's as as much as i think the arts is critically important to a community and a society food and housing is is also critically important um and if people have limited money for donations and things getting people off the street and food in people's stomachs is, is uh you know more important than having a nice theater but they're all important Wow. Well, it's it's nice that you have that type of perspective. Um, but still, this is, I think, in my opinion, it's it's it feels necessary that <clears throat> there is focus placed upon Pump House Theater and its its future success, because we talked about it earlier and you said that there is a tremendous amount of community ownership. 
towards this theater. And so uh, I, I think that it's, it's very, very valid for you to, to put that into, I mean, maybe not as high as, you know, housing and food, but it's up there. I mean, people, if, yeah. it, if there's one thing we found out during, sorry, I'm bringing it up again, COVID is that it, it was a human need that people have theater, that they have entertainment, that we don't just want to sit in our houses and watch Netflix. As much as I love TV and can watch a lot of it, you know, people need more than that. They need, uh, they need theater. They need, they need mm. sporting events. We need to get out and, and be a community. So um, I, like I said, I appreciate you're putting the perspective on it, but my opinion is that, that the mayor needs to uh, maybe shift his paradigm. I mean, granted, I don't live there, but um, that's, yeah. you, you well, know, just if I could just tell him, <laughs> knock it off and give these people some money. Unfortunately, I, I think his perspective is not that the money should be better spent on housing and food. It, I, from what I can tell, he wants to pay down debt so that uh-huh. the interest rates come down and then they can borrow some more for other things and he wants to, you know, not put up people's property taxes and, and that sort of thing. So it's not like he's got some big altruistic plan. It's just that, you know, he, he ran on the the thing of balancing the budget, no rates rises and no no tax increase, no property tax increases. And in order to do that, he has to cut services. And of course, as usual, the arts, um, are, you know, the, the first one on the block, we, we haven't attracted much attention from him yet. So probably doesn't know we're there um but he's certainly been saying some things in the media about you know the Auckland Art Gallery and and it, because it always comes down to then your personal taste I didn't like this so the art gallery is a waste of time or you know this show is is you know something that we don't like so we shouldn't have theatres um that tends to be the rhetoric around it um in the past so we'll see how it's, it plays out it's time for uh, you to shine the bat symbol of the pump house theater and make him pay attention. That's what I think. Absolutely. <laughs> um, tell us about your most current season at the pump house theater. What's going on there right now? So in um, just over 24 hours, uh, Anthony and Cleopatra will open out in mm. our outdoor amphitheater. Um, it's the first of two of uh, the two shows in our Shakespeare in the park season this year. Um, the second one being Merry Wives of Windsor, which opens Tuesday next week, our time. Um, I'm directing Merry Wives of Windsor, um, with, uh, my, my other hat on. So this is what I do, uh, when I'm not at work is, is involved in this, uh, theatre company called Shoreside Theatre. And we've been producing Shakespeare in the Park at the Pump House for about 27, 28 years now. Um, so that's, that's what's coming up. Um, that's going to run for 26 performances over four weeks. Um, and those two shows alternate um, on different nights. Um, oh. We've got probably, I think each cast is about 20 people. Uh, and again, they range from professional, proper film actors, um, right through to people who have, uh, you know, this might be their first time on stage. So it's a real community um production all the costumes are, are sort of handmade the um costume designer for 
Mary Wives of Windsor has just received a nomination for her work in last year's Shakespeare in the Park. She, she's been nominated for Best Costume Design in the Auckland Community Theatre Awards. Wow, props um, to her. Absolutely. Um, and she also performs in the plays. So, you know, she does double duty as costume designer, uh, makes most of the costumes, and then also performs and learns her lines. So, uh, but, you know, going back to what we're talking about uh previously about sort of the audiences of the future. She's a really good example. She used to come along and she was eight, nine, ten years old to watch our Shakespeare in the Park productions. And she's gone on through high school and, and you know, learned more about sewing and she's done a costume design degree. Um, and now she's, you know, even before she'd done the degree, she's actively involved in the show. So she's gone from audience member to sort of a, a key leading part in, in the the shows. Again, exactly what we're here for. Um, so yeah, that's Shakespeare in the Park. It's uh, looking to be a pretty good season. After the last couple of years, we're a little limited on our numbers for various restrictions and so on. Um, so we're we're selling pretty well, and uh, weather's looking not too bad. Um, I should point out perhaps that it is summer in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah. Um, and we can get up to twenty four, twenty five degree uh, Celsius um, during the day. So. You can have really nice hot summers, a nice summer evening. Um, because we're in that park by the lake, people very often will come down and I'll have a picnic by the lake and then wander over to see the show at 7.30 just as the sun goes down. As I said, the, the amphitheatre outside isn't covered, so on a nice clear night, all the stars and the moon come up. It's lovely. That's outstanding. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, my husband was in Merry Wives of Windsor. He played Dr. Caius. Right, yes. And he can still rattle off his French monologue like, <laughs> like, and this, this is like something like 25, 26 years ago when he was in it. He still, he can still say the whole entire thing, which is um, fantastic. It's yeah, they, yeah, it's, it's uh, we've struggled a little bit this year with, with both, both players, Anthony Cleopatra and um, Mary Wise of Windsor from a production level with cast availability because again, COVID. Um, so I think everyone's had some time out with that. Um, because sort of borders are opening up and people can travel, a lot of people have gone overseas to visit family for the first time in two or three years. Oh yeah. Um, so we've, we've missed people for that. And this is uh, yeah, it's one of the challenges of community theatre, right? You know, people want to be in the show, but they've also got a life and children and work and partners and... You know, we, we often talk to the cast about, look, if there's other people in your life who have some control or some say in what you do with your time, make sure they know what's happening with, with your commitment to this production as well, because it is a big commitment. Um, but it's coming together. It will be ready for, for opening night. And, um, yeah, looking forward to another good season and hopefully not too much bad weather. Outstanding. Okay. I want to wrap up, but very quickly, could you tell me, if you could have three wishes for the company, what would they be? Hmm, good question. Um, I think number one is a enough funding that we can that we don't need to worry about funding year on year. When we start the year, we are typically twenty to thirty new. Uh, well, no, actually, close to fifty thousand New Zealand dollars. Those sort of twenty five, thirty thousand US 
um, short in our budget. And we have to pick that up by finding more hirers from what we had, have initially booked, funding applications, donations, that sort of thing. Um, if, if I won the lottery, I would donate a couple of million dollars to the pump house to put in an investment fund. We could then take out that $50,000 a year and we would be self-sufficient and, you know, for the long term. Um, so that's my wish, $2 million in an investment fund. Uh, number two um, would be more space so that we could um, further develop our education programs. I think that there's a desperate need for, a, a, well, need, but also desire for people to come and learn about performing, learn about theatre. And the thing that stops us is just having the space and the being able to fit it in with the, the other things that we have ongoing. So if we could convince um, Auckland Council to let us put a, a building somewhere on our site that was a, a classroom, I, I think that would make a, a big difference. And um, my third wish uh, uh, would be, I don't know. I think that we just, we continue. Um, I, I, you know, the, one of the things you really notice about the pump house and about the elderly people who, who come along, we just, um, sadly, one of our, our lifetime members passed away over Christmas mm -hmm. and just hearing about her involvement and, and the stories um, from when she was involved in the art gallery side of things, you really get the impression that, you know, as the business manager and, and my team, we are caretakers of the space for the next generation. And I, I joke with the, you know, we we get the the sort of the old ladies who come in and tell us how how well or not we're doing things. Um, uh, you know, encourage my team, make sure you're taking notes so that in 40 years time, you can be the person who comes and harasses the, the manager and says, in my day, we put the rubbish bins over there. Um, that that sort of thing. Um, uh, so I think you know we it's been here for well the building's 130 years old. The theatre's been going since 1977, so we're coming up to 50 years um, as a, a performing arts centre. You know I'd love it to be here for another 150 years, um, mm -hmm. continuously showcasing local stories by local people um, with a great diversity and a great range of. of performances and a, a stepping stone for actors and, and people who are inspired to take part in any sort of performing arts. Please give our audience your social media information so that they can keep up with the Pump House Theatre and in the future when your donation page is up or uh, promoted they can donate and, and, and help with this. Yeah if they go to so easiest place to find out what we're up to is to go to our website at Pump House .co.nz, that's P-U-M-P-H-O-U-S-E dot C-O dot N-Z. Um, and yeah, if you would like to donate, you can go to pumphouse.co.nz slash donate. And um, there's plenty of information there on, on how you can make a donation and support us. And uh, if anyone would like to give us a couple of million dollars for my investment fund, that would be lovely. Um, <laughs> I thank you for, for being on the show. I thank you for being the inaugural show. Um, it was wonderful, wonderful to hear about the Pump House Theater. And um, 
you have been absolutely amazing. And I, I want you to know that I wish you many broken legs uh, for all the wonderful work that you do for your two uh, upcoming Shakespeare shows um, and, and everything that I know will happen in the future in a very, very positive light for the Pump House Theater. Thanks so much, James, for being on your program as your ticket. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Well, folks, the 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, a big thanks to my guest, James Bell, business manager of the Pump House Theater in New Zealand. James asked me to mention his Facebook page, so here we go. He is on facebook.com slash the Pump House Theater. That's theater with an R-E. You can find more episodes of your program is your ticket on the Broadway Podcast Network, who has honored me with a place on their incredible theater podcast platform. Broadway Podcast Network is all about creating an engaging, immersive, user-friendly experience where theater stories of all kinds can be easily found, shared, and enjoyed. Please visit them on my landing page at bpn.fm slash ypiyt. Your program is your ticket is also on Facebook at facebook.com, your program is your ticket, Twitter at, at program ticket, Instagram at your program is your ticket, YouTube at your program is your ticket, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Pocket Casts, Deezer, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and the UK-based theater platform Thespi. FYI, I appreciate all good ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. Another quick note of thanks to the Communicator Awards for honoring your program is your ticket with four awards. An Award of Excellence for Individual Episodes in the Arts and Culture category, and three awards of distinction. Two for my Act Two Places series, one in the Entertainment category, and one in the Educational category, and one for me in Featured Hosts category. Isn't that nice? I'm extremely grateful for the honor, and owe it all to my wonderful guests, listeners, and my Broadway Podcast Network family. Folks, take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer, and go see their shows! Give them all great ratings and reviews, and most important, donate, donate, donate. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And remember, theater is for everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.